With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the King's Court on Arena Sportsnet. Presented by American Grappler. I've got more swagger than Mick Jagger. More sex appeal than Vince Neil. All guests from all walks of life share their time with the King of Connecticut. They are dreaming of just one night, just one night with a man such as myself. Any and everything goes. I am the King of Connecticut. I was raised with class and sophistication. And now... From Norwalk, Connecticut, weighing in at 230 pounds. If George Clooney had muscles, they call him the King of Connecticut. The one, the only, Matt Granahan. It is the pernicious purveyor of preposterous pomposity, manipulating the minuscule minds of the masses. Since I am your host, the suntan superman, the king of Connecticut, Matt Granahan. And I am joined, as always, in studio by the golden voice of Chicago, the one and only, the incomparable... Brian Snow. You're riding shotgun tonight. Are you there, Brian? I am riding shotgun as always, man, in uh, in our new digs, in our new studio, and I'm so, I'm so happy to be with you again tonight. Well, I'm happy to, to welcome back a co-host and guest, the one and only Michigan State Spartans wrestling team captain, undefeated MMA fighter, catch wrestling champion, one and only Curran Jacobs. Curran, are you there? Yes, I am here, my man. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm and I'm feeling like I'm feeling like dancing, and I'm feeling like singing. Oh, Curran, <laughs> like you, like you, I think I, I consider myself kind of a modern day vaudevillian. Uh, oh, really? To the ability to sing, the ability to dance, the ability to act, the ability to entertain, and recently. Eminem attacked President Trump at the BET Awards. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask the what if. The Uh what if. What if the king of Connecticut was (laughs) Trump's speechwriter, a.k.a. songwriter? What would the comeback sound like? Because you know there would definitely be a comeback. And the comeback would sound something like this. In my best Trump impression, which I should have a pretty good one growing up on Long Island Sound right outside of New York. Hold it on. goes a little something like this. Hold on to your seats, kids. You know, this is... This, 
This is the best song you'll ever hear. Believe me. The best rap you'll ever hear. Oh, believe me. Oh, believe me. Eminem, you're such a loser. Give me that beat. Give me that beat. Eminem, you're such a loser. Your video is a snoozer. Your wife is falling snow. Never thought you'd sink so low. Pull your pants up, you deluded fool. This is not nursery school. A middle-aged pretender who thinks he's black. I run the government, son. Watch your back. Oh, this is President Trump signing off. Oh, man, I got to tell you, you know, I got to tell you, President Trump, that was great. That was great. You know, you took my words and you and you, and you brought them out there uh, to the people, to the people. And the people are all going to be in Daytona, Florida on October 28th. And I just got I just got a text that we're going to be at pinups in Daytona Beach. Pinups in Daytona Beach. Really? For the ultimate Halloween party. And I'm going to be hosting it alongside of adult vixen, adult entertainer, the one and only the legendary Amber Lynn Bach, who has those big juicy boobies that I know our producer Brian Snow loves. Oh, Lordy. Drool. Absolute drool. And Brian, while you wipe all the drool off of your face, I am going to have Curran Jacobs tell us about his recent domination at the catch wrestling tournament out there in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, man, it was a, it was a fun day. Um, uh, you know, I knew going in that it was, there would be no weight classes. Uh, it was every man for himself, only one winner. And I knew that Travis view, uh, winner of the weight class, uh, heavyweight, Class the year uh, previous year he was going to return. I knew that he was going to be back, and I knew that um, more than likely it was going to be him and I in the finals. So I went back to my roots. I went back to East Lansing. Um, Coach Roger Chandler allowed me to train with his Spartans, and I got with uh, his heavyweights. He has some monsters there, boy. I'm telling you, he's got this one guy weighs over 300 pounds, and he grabs a hold of you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it feels like you're just freaking getting grabbed a hold of by the juggernaut. That's Marvel, not DC. Uh, he's just a monster. So going in, I was prepared for Travis View. His strength, he's a bigger guy. Man, that dude is strong. He is a, just an animal. Um, and uh, if you watch our match, you know, we gave each other a lot of respect. Uh, it was literally back and forth. It was a chess match. Mike Chapman said it was the best catch match he's ever seen. Um, you know, and I got him down, uh, wore him down. I knew going in that if I would go for a takedown, immediately he, with all the energy he has and being the bigger, stronger guy, he would have gotten me in a lot of trouble. So I wore him down, and uh, then I implemented my takedowns and got him with the Frank Gotch to hold twice, which is great because a lot of, uh, grapplers uh, out there have criticized me in the past, saying that I that I'm just a wrestler. I don't have any submission knowledge, and uh, you know, three out of my four matches that day, I, I won by submission. So, like I said in the beginning, I'm not going to bring out my submissions until I meet somebody of Travis Hughes' caliber uh, with that amazing wrestling background 
And that day was a great way for me to showcase that. Phenomenal. And I, I saw the match, and it was pure domination on your part. I mean, I mean, all throughout. And until you got to Travis, and he gave a, a, a hell of a test. And you, you mixed that, that submission and pinning ability throughout. Now, where does catch wrestling go from here? Because we're going to talk about that the whole subject of this book is the making of, of Rough and Tumble. And the Rough and Tumble book I always define as the definitive history of MMA and pro wrestling, but it's told through a catch wrestling lens largely and the history of catch wrestling. Where does catch wrestling go from here, Kern? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, we're keeping the ball, our ball rolling. Um, you know, obviously we're going to have to change venues. Humboldt, Iowa, home, home state of uh, Frank Gotch. Uh, not a great turnout, um, with the crowd, which was, which was very disappointing. You know, we, uh, had a great turnout the year before, but, uh, the people of Humboldt made a statement and that's, you know, yes, they appreciate Frank Gotch, but they're really not interested in seeing, um, the sport come back as we all are. So we're changing our venue, uh, looking at Des Moines, um, strategizing in talks right now with people uh, who are going to pack the place. And um, we're going to up our advertising. And uh, really, Raul Ramirez is in charge of a lot of the, the scheduling, those meetings, and, and making these things happen. We're going to be back at the NCAA championships uh, this upcoming spring. Um, talk to a lot of, of amateur wrestling legends who are totally on board uh, to show up and help support our cause, uh, to bring back this amazing sport because they see the potential when wrestlers graduate high school, when wrestlers graduate college. The only thing they have are the Olympics and MMA. And we know for a fact that when catch wrestling takes hold, it's over. Um, for me personally, uh, I am strategizing right now and getting – uh, none other than the Gracie Hunter, Sakuraba on the mat. Uh, I would love to do best two out of three falls with him. Uh, I know wow. he's older, but uh, people regard Japan as, you know, the greatest, some of the greatest catch wrestling practitioners in the world right now. And uh, I wouldn't mind starting World War III with those, with those athletes and pitting American hook wrestling, um, you know, uh, led by none other than John Strickland, who was who was the golden boy of the, the late great um, uh, our main man. Yeah, Billy Whitney. We're gonna we're gonna yeah we're gonna talk about and that's such a great lead in, Curran, because man, what that's the perfect lead in. That's why I wanted to have you co-host this episode with me because this episode is really a time machine. And it's a time machine in a twofold, in two different ways. It's a time machine because it was 10 years ago that I started writing the Rough and Tumble book. And that book goes back over 100 years ago. And I'm going to start out this journey and, and the book was really a journey. The way that I wrote it and Karen will appreciate this as an actor. I wrote that book 
in a way that I wanted to draw the reader in and make them feel like they were there in the arena and like they were there in the different time periods that we covered, going all the way back to the 1800s in through the smoky arenas of the early 1900s. We, We journeyed to Japan, as you mentioned, to Brazil. And that book was really the idea of Pops, of Billy Wicks. And if I was to hit that rewind button and we're in 2017, if I was to go back to 2007, when I first met Billy Wicks was at a Western Carolina Combat Club and I befriended him. I was going there for work. I was going to the Asheville area for work, but every area I went to I was always looking for a workout. And that was where I first met him. And he and I had an immediate connection, both both from both from on the mat, but also he said, "Come over to the house." And doing pro wrestling. I was one of the few guys there that was doing pro wrestling. And we became very, very close friends. Uh, He gave me the idea for the book, and he was really the one who was the catalyst for that book. Um, He introduced me to the great Mephisto, Frankie Kane. And it was going to be a book just about catch wrestling and just about carnies. But something happened and that book expanded, and that's why I call it the definitive history of MMA and pro wrestling. And what happened was I was sent out to California, and uh, it was actually Billy Wicks who gave me the number of a guy named Jake Shannon, who we all know. And Jake Shannon said, simply, I'm going to give you Eric Paulson's number. Talk to Eric see if maybe you want to interview him for this book. Again, it was going to be just a catch wrestling history book at that time. Well, when I went out to CSW in 2007 and I started working out with Eric and I ended up getting relocated there for six months for work. And that was right before I got put on my severance. So the timing couldn't have been better because I was becoming less and less interested in work because I knew, you know, our, our company was being bought out. And I, I'd go out and work out with those guys. And then I would go out to the bar with Eric Paulson. And I told him the idea of the book and he said, I love it. Let me write this book with you. And he started sitting there with me and writing people's names on napkins, people like Red Bastine, who was a, another carny wrestling legend that he knew um, people like, um, Bob Backlund, people like Brad Riggins, all these people that, that Eric gave me the interview, people people in Japan, like you mentioned in Japan, uh, like the original, with the original Tiger Mask and Satoru Sayama and all those guys that were part of Eric's history as world Shuto champion. And then it just blossomed from there. And it took me all over the country doing these people and the finished product 
if anyone hasn't read Rough and Tumble, I say shame on you because it is truly the definitive history of MMA and pro wrestling. And everyone who has ever read the book cover to cover has thanked us for writing it. And when it came to the actual writing of the book, it was one of those deals where Eric gave me all the contacts and I brought in uh, my buddy, J.D. Dwyer, who was a great writer. He was a political satirist and uh, he was a kickboxer. So he was involved in combat sports, but he was not a wrestler. So he did not have the love for the book. And I say, I wrote all but about a page and a half of that book myself. And it was all the contacts that Eric gave me. And I formatted it and put it all together. And it wanted to take that book to take you on a journey um, through history and through time. And we tied in, you mentioned, everybody talks about the Gracies. We tied in Mitsuyu Maeda, the judoka and catch wrestler that taught the Gracie family. And we, we covered, literally covered generations all the way to what would have been modern day MMA 10 years ago. So I want to do an, do an episode about that book, but I wanted to, to, to have you on current because you're carrying the torch of that catch wrestling lineage that very few people are really in 2017. Yeah, very few people are because the, you know, finding coaches with the, uh, you know, a legitimate background in that training, like a John Strickland, who was, um, you know, coached by Billy Wicks. You know, John Strickland has a, about a dozen, maybe two dozen athletes out there, um, but half a dozen serious athletes who are learning from him. And, uh, yeah, it's an honor for me to be um, really close with John. We talk on, on the regular. Um, he's in full support of what we're doing. And, uh, yeah, he's proud. He's proud of me. He called me up after the um, – after the championships in Iowa, after I, I beat Travis view and he said, I knew you could do it. And, you know, there are a lot of doubters out there and there were a lot in the catch wrestling groups. You know, pe people were placing bets, uh, that, uh, Travis view was just going to sweep the tournament. So, um, yeah, John was really pleased with well, how, um, what is, what is Dan Kennedy doing these days? Uh, is he still doing anything with these tournaments? Yeah, he is. He um, he is running his. Uh, I don't know what it's called, King of Cats, right? Is that what it's called? No, I think he has the North American Catch Wrestling Association. Reason I ask that, is that's it. Yeah, I told that's I it. told you I, I mentioned to you, Kern, that he does the annual event at the Javits Center, which should be coming up soon because last year's Javits Center event, I sent Justin Sumter up there. And I, I mentioned about the, the quality of who they who they may call their champions. You know, it's not insulting Dan because you know, Dan's he's getting the best guys he can, but Justin just sweeped the mat with the, with their champions. One win by pin, one by submission. Total time less than a minute and a half. And mm -hmm. uh, and that's why I, why I say you know someone like you that has that legitimate background with with a, with Michigan State. There, there needs to be more people like that brought into these tournaments. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, nothing against Dan Kinney. He's He's got guys showing up. Yeah, they're going to show up and they're going to compete. But the question is the level of talent. Like nothing against Justin Sumter. He's a good kid. You know, I sent him up there and literally just, he said, he goes, who are these guys? You know, just wipe them out with those guys. And maybe it was just an off day for the guy, but that was the guy that was supposed to be his champion. Okay. Now here's what I got to say about that. This Justin guy, never heard of him. Uh, But I have heard of, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, he's another champion for um, uh, jo- Johnny. Uh, anyway, another champion for, for the North American catch, catch wrestling. Both of those guys didn't show up at the Frank Gotch tournament. And my question is, they'll, they'll travel to another state to wrestle at, at, uh, at Dan's event, but they won't go to the Frank Gotch event. And I'll tell you why right now. They see the level of competition. Yeah. I feel that those guys go where they know they can win, they, but they won't travel to a tournament where they see the likes of me or Travis View, former Bellator UFC star, that, and, and that's an issue. Like, if you're going to compete and you want to compete with the best, it is, it is a fact that there has never been a catch wrestling tournament in the last 20 years with the level of competition that the Catch Wrestling Alliance puts on. And again... Is that Dan Kennedy's problem? Absolutely not. He gets guys going there to compete. And no, he's, a, he's just skilled. a promoter. He's throwing the, He's throwing it out there. The gauntlet. Whoever wants to show up, you know, it's wide open. He's not going to. Absolutely, it. absolutely, and that's what we're doing too. Uh, he's welcoming me to go compete at, at his tournament. Um, and you know, yeah, I, I'll do it. It just always falls during the school year. I'm finishing up my master's degree at Michigan State in acting. And it always falls on a week um, where I'm teaching, or a weekend where um, you know we've I've got to act in a in a play that's required for my degree. But yeah, definitely, I would be more than happy to go down and and you know take on anyone in his event. But I also uh, am just you know, and I personally invited his champions. Like I messaged them and be been like, hey, you're more than welcome to come test your skills at this. Half of them, they don't respond, or they say, or they say, ah, nah, can't make it. It's it's too expensive. And I said, well, there's a $500 cash prize at the end. If you come and win, I'll double it for you. It's $1,000 for you to make the trip. And no, not interested. You know, well, that's just you're not uh, serious then, and that's, that's just me. And you know, and they would be serious. Uh, yeah, you know, the, 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 the the problem too is I think. There's not enough of these. There's there's your organization. There's Dan Kanegis, but I can't think of any others that are that are out there. And and your group was great because it was in Iowa, which is very historic. But like you said, it didn't draw a lot of people. Do you, where do you see it this going? In other words, where do you see it going from a marketing perspective? Do you think they're gonna they're gonna get a TV deal, they're going to get a, a, a is, it, is it going to become a mainstream thing? I'm, uh, I'm working on a TV deal now. Uh, you know, detail, I can't, can't go into that, working on a TV deal uh, right now. Uh, and then Raul Ramirez with the Catch Wrestling Alliance is, um, we've all been talking, Mike Chapman's been crucial in helping us contact people from, uh, Des Moines, Iowa. There's a venue there that we feel that we can we can really pack the place and get uh, get the support from the Brands Brothers with the Hawkeyes. Um, 
And where our uh, most of our influence comes from going to the NCAA championships and talking to the yeah. amateur wrestling leg- legends and educating them. Because after, you know, I've said it a thousand times, wrestlers, when they graduate, they have MMA or they have the Olympics. If they have catch wrestling, that opens up a whole new ball game. I can't tell you how many NCAA champions I've talked to and been like, all right, you're going to go try your, try your thing with the UFC or Bellator? No, I don't like getting hit. Okay, what if you could have wrestling but submissions, no strikes, catch wrestling? Well, where can I sign up? And that's another issue. That's why John Strickland has his American Hook Wrestling online program uh, that you can uh, sign up for, learn online what Billy Wicks has to offer through John Strickland. And right now, right now, that's the best option. John's working really hard educating coaches with their MMA gyms around the country so we can, he can grow his brand. Well, that's going to take time. Um, but as far as me, I'm going to keep comp- competing and winning under Billy Wicks' lineage. And uh, with everything that I've learned from Roy Wood over at the Snake Pit Wigan, you know, um, so that's so where we're at. So but uh, your, your is, next opponent is your next opponent that you really want to get is is a Sakuraba, who's obviously obviously a legend. But I think he has a grappling match coming up, or had I don't know if it already happened with um, Frank Shamrock. Really? Um, I've, I'm yeah, not you know, sure if it already only... took place. I'm not sure if it already took place, mm-hmm. but it may well have. But it was advertised. We we got into grappling on the show last week. Uh, we have, we did the submission, Charles Lennon submission underground wrap up with the New York badass Phil Brony, who was in the main event at uh, Charles Show out in um, out in uh, Washington State. And mm-hmm. I know it was mentioned that Sakuraba and Frank Shamrock either had already grappled or were going to grapple. Now, that was obviously not under a catch rules. That was going to be under a grappling rules match. Right. And I, and I believe it was going to be, if I'm not mistaken, for Eddie Bravo's promotion. I'm not sure if that's happened already. I haven't heard anything about that. That'd be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's, that'd be a cool grappling match where I'm going with it is I would like to take Sakurab on in a catch wrestling match. Yeah, oh catch yeah, no, I got you. I got you. And he's never that's, been in that's a catch two wrestling. out of three. Yeah. You know, as a, you talk to any of these catch wrestling guys, um, and ask them where the best catch wrestling lineage is right now, they'll point to Japan and me, John Strickland, a few other, of the American hook wrestlers, we believe that if you pit our team against the best catch wrestling team in Japan, the Americans will be victorious. And uh, that's where, that's where um, uh, you know, this whole TV deal idea, you know, I'm in talks with, like, let's do a World War III catch wrestling, Americans versus, uh, uh, you know, the Japanese catch wrestlers. And uh, let's, see, let's see who comes out on top. Giving the history, which would tie into your book, I mean, oh, beautifully, yeah. if you speak about the history, right? I mean, educating the educating audiences is extremely important, especially professional wrestling audiences, because what they love 
came from what I love, what you love, what Eric Paulson loves, you know, Randy Couture, John Strickland. We all love catch wrestling, just the, yeah, the pure absolutely. style. And, you know, like you said in the beginning, when you mix your, your antics, your singing, your dancing, and your funky costume and your wild hairstyle and your crazy sunglasses, yeah, man, you got a show. But I would love for audiences of WWE, professional wrestling, period, to know where uh, mm -hmm. that came from. It's an amazing, oh, yeah. incre incredible uh, you, thing. I, and, I, and I would strongly urge people not only with the Rough and Tumble book, but the Tale of Two Carnies DVD that I did with Billy Wicks and Frankie Kane years ago. And you can see a lot of clips of that on YouTube where they talk about riling up the crowd, riling up the audience, and being a character. All that character-driven stuff came out of catch wrestling. It came out of the carnies. It came out of the shoot, which was transitioned to 100% work down the road that people don't know. And, and, I'll, and I'll say it because I want to I wanna make sure people know. And I say again, shame on you. We've sold thousands of copies of this book, and it's been out for well over over 10 years now. If you do not own a copy of Rough and Tumble, number one, shame on you. Number two, go to your device or your laptop and type in E-R-I-K-P-A-U-L-S-O-N.com and go to the ericpaulson.com store because the king still gets great royalties from there and order the book. And, and then slap yourself the fact that you don't own it already because if you're an MMA or pro wrestling fan, <laughs> you should have owned this book years ago because I've been promoting the hell out of it for a decade. Absolutely, and that's, that's you know, educating. Educating audiences. I cannot say that word enough. Educate. Let people know what catch wrestling is all about and what led to professional wrestling. Um, and then for those athletes who graduate college, who are contemplating, you know, Olympics, MMA, there's catch wrestling. Just find find a person. Find us. Hit, hit us up. We're American Hook Wrestling, Catch Wrestling Alliance online. Uh, find us Facebook. Notify us for those listeners. Um, you know, not only by the King's book and educate yourself, but if you want to join, contact us. Absolutely. You guys have a great association. And as always, I've let my mouth do all the walking and the talking and the singing, the diarrhea of the mouth, as it's called. Uh, but I have not allowed the esteemed Brian Snow in on this. And Brian, I want to bring you in and I'm going to turn the floor of the, the show over to you for the rest of the, uh, the, the uh, program. I am so pleased to learn <clears throat> all this history about catch wrestling, about where what you see today begins. And Curran, can't thank you enough for coming on again and for sharing sharing this history. It's an incredible history. Thank you so much for having me. Any chance, opportunity I get to share this history and to share my passion for the sport, I take it. And, uh, uh, you know, you and you and the King are about as entertaining as it gets. So it's always a pleasure being on here with you guys. And I would be, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention, uh, 
a guy, and and I want to take the high road. I don't really want to insult this guy too bad, but uh, during the production <laughs> of the book, and we call this show The Making of Rough and Tumble, and during The Making of Rough and Tumble, which spanned a couple years, there was a guy who was kind of a thorn at the side who didn't want to write the uh, forward. Uh, we've got Billy Wicks and the great Gene LaBelle writing outstanding forwards. We get so many legends that, that were far beyond anything this, this guy could have ever done uh, in his lifetime, in 10 of his lifetimes, uh, involved in the book. But there was a guy who was a thorn at the side, and he's been a thorn at your side. I'm not going to mention his name, Curran Jacobs, but I'm going <laughs> to ask you, is this guy... This warmeister, uh, this baby face <laughs> egomaniac, ever going to face you on the mat? Never, never. You know, and and he's old news. Like literally, it's almost embarrassing bringing him up after uh, his whole incident of failing his twelfth drug test, uh, which is probably going to go down in the UFC is the most embarrassing <laughs> cheater ever. Uh, but, yeah, I, you know, and, thank and, you for and, not mentioning. Curran, you, you look at the physique of this guy, and you've got to wonder, um, is he somehow immune to the effects? I mean, at least... I will uh, tell you this. He's the only man in the world I know where steroids do the opposite effect. <laughs> they have the opposite effect. And oh I think that's God. why I think that's why he keeps doing it. Oh, I think that's why that he keeps doing great. it cuz he's like no steroids. <laughs> You're <laughs> cutting me. Work this time. Work. My 55-year-old cousin <laughs> has only left his house to go to work um, for the last for the last 20 years and has got a better physique than that guy. So what the hell? <laughs> you know, hey, hey, you know, honestly, though, it's, it's a waste of breath to even mention him anymore. And all I've got to say is you the statement what? of the century. You know and, what? And I mean the century. Listen to this. Statement of the century, King of Connecticut, Suntan Superman, is Eric Paulson not naming him head coach of the CSW. <laughs> what? <laughs> You know he what? Deserve to be head coach anyway. I have a better. F I'm, uh, to <laughs> I'm totally out of shape. I'm close to getting I, back into shape, but I have a I have a better physique than this guy, and I'm just getting back into my workouts. <laughs> Brian, you look like that? Charles Atlas next to JB. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. You guys I can't. I can't. You guys. <laughs> Jeez, right, man, we're, we're taking the high road. That's, that's what we do on the game. Yes, we are. That's what we do. Yes, we are. That's what we do. Take the high road. I mean. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, even though the high road is sitting on a platter for us, okay? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, and years ago, and, and, I'll, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this promo on the show because if I can remember it. Years ago, I called out Steven Seagal. And some said that it was just a cheap move to get press, but mm -hmm. I said that he had to be dragged from his ponytail from the all-you-can-eat barbecue over <laughs> at the Golden Corral. <laughs> and I said that he had, and I said that he had two books coming out. One was called "How to Beat the Babysitter." Cheat on your wife and end your career, and the other was the sequel called "Phony Martial Arts for the Morbidly Obese." So, oh God! 
<laughs> so I'll call that. I'll use my old promo on Seagal, and uh, I, I will. I will. I will not even mention the name of this gentleman because we are going to take the high road. Yes, sir. But even, but even yes, the golf got a bigger, better physique than JP. Wow. I'd have to agree. 100%. All right. 100%. While, we're in the pro- while we're in the process of taking the high road, we're taking the high road out of here. We hope you all enjoyed it. Thank you. Suntan Superman, thank you. Current Jacobs, old snowman here saying, we'll see y'all in seven. Thanks a lot. This is the American Psycho Stephen Bonner, and you all know the suntan Superman loves the big juicy boobies, the bodacious beavers, and those beautiful brown stars. What you may not know is His Majesty's favorite place to party in Vegas is the Legends Room. Home to the hottest babes in Sin City. Come on to the Legends Room and meet me, and who knows, you may even run into the King of Connecticut. Boom! Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.